When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Progressive presents Married to Your Home. If you want to leave me for another house, I totally understand. House? Where's this coming from? It's just, I, I know there's some newer homes on the market. I didn't even know that, because I'm not looking. I bet those other houses don't have a crack in their foundations. You know that crack doesn't bother me. No matter how much you already love your house, you'll love it more knowing you could save big bundling your home and auto with Progressive. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. It's your instant match reaction for Everton 1, Aston Villa 1, FVO Walcott salvaging a point. For the Blues later on, it was very much salvaging. But on the positive side, Everton preserved their unbeaten home record, lads, so uh, nothing to moan about, really. Yeah, well, I, I don't know whether that's that's quite true. I think we, me and Mark have plenty to moan about, but um, I, I must admit, it, it is, it's a real real barometer of how poor our last few games have been, how poor the season has been as a, as a general rule, that... I am actually quite happy that that remained intact. I knew about it a few games ago, but I it, it completely passed my mind. And as soon as it was mentioned on the commentary that we were unbeaten at home and on Chelsea, I thought, well, as much as I don't care about this result, it is nice to keep that kind of thing going because, you know, if, if it goes under the radar a bit longer and we keep it, it, it could turn into a little bit of a fortress thing. And, you know, at the end of the day, I think we were, we were fortunate to get a point there. I do feel a bit tight on Villa. To be honest, I, but uh, I admire you. Uh, try, I admire you trying to get some positives out of this, Ben. I really well, do. that's all, all we can do. In it. You know, my my positive is that we're getting towards the end of the season. You know, we're getting hopefully Carlo's going to be back, and that is the most true thing. I mean, breaking news: apparently tonight we're supposed to have bid eighteen million for Hoiberg, which I don't know why it comes out personally, but that's in it. So I, I want to hear more stories about who we're going to buy and how we're going to turn this squad around now, because the rest of the games don't really matter to me now because we're not going to get anywhere so positive is that the season's nearly over and we can hopefully buy some players that will improve us but in terms of actually what's on the pitch as I'm sure Mark and yourself will say it was just pretty poor and I feel tight on Villa because they should have had all three points Yeah, Rose what did you think of it? Um, on the back of that performance I'm surprised we haven't bid 80 million for Hoiberg because the desperation for some form of quality in that 11 is 
beyond what I thought it was, actually. I think a lot of us are bought into the fact that, yes, a lot of these players need replacing. And worryingly, it was probably more the sort of professionalism route that we've been going down in our criticism. It wasn't just effort tonight, was it, Mark? It wasn't just no. effort tonight, it was quality. The, the, the massive contrast between the... Yes, we were poor in the Wolves game as well, but I think a lot of it was down to application. Um, worryingly, I think the application was all right tonight. Uh, I think that there was definitely a little bit more endeavour and a bit more willing there. But when you get into the sort of positions that we did, uh, the, the particular spell that stands out is midway through the second half when Seamus Coleman and Alex Wobie were actually getting quite a lot of joy down the right-hand side. Um the general theme here is that the lack of attacking quality in this squad, given the amount of money it's taken to assemble it, is frightening. Um, and it, there's every time you watch Everton, you see another crisis position that desperately needs reinforcing in the summer. It's it's much easier to talk about the positions that that don't need filling than the ones that that do at the moment. It's just painful, painful watching. Um, and I mean. It's a damning statistic on on both sides that the first shot on target was was Villa's opener in what the 65th minute. Um, I'll I'll allow that for a team in the relegation zone. If that was my Aston Villa, my game plan would have been exactly that tonight as well. But for an Everton side who, okay, you have a lot to play for, but I've got so much to prove to the fans themselves. Um, One of the greatest managers in the world. There's there's so much on the line there, and I think as Evertonians, we, we we are going into every game at the moment constantly expecting the performance that we are all kind of being sold, possibly by our own minds, but very much so by by the players and the staff at the club as well. Uh, I mean, as football, as in particular, Everton fans will know that we have heard the rallying call from multiple people on multiple occasions, and we're used to being let down in that regard. But it feels as though this current squad is on the brink of being torn apart by Carlo Ancelotti, and there is so much there to fight for on a personal level, and it doesn't really feel like anyone there is willing to step up and do that. So you were saying there about, about you know, so sort of expect the performance of promise and and you know and, and looking for. I don't even know what that looks like. What 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 does that what does that look like? What what you know? I think I think the only time I thought that you know this is maybe coming together funnily enough was that Newcastle game at home where we you know, we surrendered two goals late on because they actually played dead well that night. Then we haven't did. Yeah, they kept they kept Newcastle under pressure. They moved the ball well. You know, Bernard was doing that thing where he drops inside into those little spaces and Dina was bombing beyond them. You know, the strikers were working well together. And it sort of felt like then that, like, yeah, you know, this is this is starting to come together, this. It's, whatever we're doing, it's, you know, it's working. It's not ideal, it's not flawless, but it's working. And it just feels like since then, it's just, you know, even the goals that we score, we score aren't, they're not as a result of us pinning a team back and creating chances and then, you know, getting weary-legged. It's, look at the goals we've scored in recent weeks. You know, tonight's one was an isolated moment of quality in a game where Everton put together nothing in the final third. That, you know, that was their only shot on target in, in the match against the worst away defence in the Premier League, um, which is an, annoying as it is. But the, even, you know, Richarlison's goal, 
against Southampton the other week. Again, it's an isolated moment in the game. You can even go back to before, before the lockdown. Calvert-Lewin scores against United. It's a freak goal. The two goals we scored against Arsenal are set pieces where it's a great finish from Dominic of one scramble home by Richarlison. There's no, there's no attacking pattern. It, it, it sounds basic to say, but this Everton team don't look as though they know how, the, the, how they're meant to score a goal. It sounds like, well, we'll just wash it upfield and we'll knock it around for a bit. And hopefully something will happen that will allow us to, but there's no purpose and no, no sense of clear-mindedness for me when they get the ball of right. This is how we're going to get at this opponent, and this is how we're going to get the ball in the back of the net. I think it's uh, for me since Ancelotti's come in. I think he's tried to simplify a lot of what we've done. I think that's why he's persisted with the likes of the four-four-two and the two strikers up front getting the ball in the box. Because I think he's he's seen straight away our limitations. Maybe compared to some of the clubs he's been at. Obviously, I think the way that we play now, the four-four-two, whether it's going to stay long term or not, it. it the way we play at the moment is we're relying a lot on set-piece goals. You know, we're keeping things tight at the back and we're not even sort of hitting teams on the break. We're trying to rely on set-pieces and moments of brilliance to try and dig us out of it because I think he knows the limitations. I mean, we've got too many players there who have got a bit of skill, especially out wide, that just suffer with no end, having no end product. You know, I think Alex Oubi had a good game today by his standards, but Anthony Walcott, even though he did come on and score the goal, both of those are wingers that haven't worked out of the clubs because they lack an end product. You know, they seem to beat two or three men, get the ball to the byline, and then it nothing develops. So I think he's well and truly well and truly aware of the limitation in that team. That's why he's maybe simplified it, um, playing sort of a more direct, and really like the amount of goals he scored from corners. The only thing that I thought was interesting as well today for me, obviously I was watching the game at home, because obviously we can't go to Gutterson. And um, when I was watching it, I was saying to my dad about the crowd, I was saying... Um, you know, that game today, if that was a full capacity Gunnison crowd, there'd have been more agency. You know, come 40 minutes, even 50, 60 minutes, if Everton haven't scored in that game, it gets a bit nasty. The, mm. the, players get, the fans get on the players' backs a bit and a tackle goes flying and it gets the game going. The problem, I think, a lot of these Everton players in these Everton moments uh, that have been since lockdown is nothing spearing them on. So the likes of Gilfie Sigurdsson, who, who, to be fair, he's not guilty today, he didn't play but who were strolling around and not adding that impetus in midfield. They're not, they're not being sort of pressured into doing so by the crowd. So I actually think that that hasn't helped us either, given the fact we're not playing for anything and there's no fans there to kick us on. So I think everything's just a little bit stale at the moment. Everything's a little bit basic, which I think the Grand Slot is mm-hmm. happy to do, make it basic again. And hopefully, like I say, we just need to improve our recruitment in the summer and just try and let Ancelotti do his thing is all we can do and trust him. I think there's a there's a lot of reluctance from any of the players to show any form of bravery on the ball. I think it, it's very easy, and possibly with the fact that there's only three games left in mind, they're all trying to be the least worst player on the pitch. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You see the centre midfielders go sideways a lot. The wingers put relatively aimless balls into the box. The strikers are Everton strikers, so they feed off scraps. We know we know how that works, but it, it looks as though, in particular in midfield, and I mean this debate will will echo in eternity. But there's there's a there's a lack of belief to go and do the things that quality midfielders are there to do. Uh, maybe maybe there's a maybe there's a inherent lack of quality, and that's why we don't see those those particular moments. But I think the the one thing that I would probably disagree with Ancelotti on in the last few weeks and something he said leading up to this game was that 4-4-2 suits the the style and the 
the players that he's got at present. Um, four four two worked for us for a time because Duncan Ferguson made it work and Ancelotti carried that on before lockdown. And I think it, it all looks a bit worryingly open for me. I don't think, oh, well, I know for a fact that we haven't got the central midfielders capable of doing that. It's well, looking increasing. Teams, teams watch Everton and say, well, you know, you yeah. stop those front two and you, and, you, and you stop the service into them and you, you pack the midfield like Villa did today. Absolutely. Then it doesn't work. Yeah, and, and the, what, what's the idea of playing four four two? It's usually because you need the bodies up top and you want to cause problems. I've never seen Everton look more timid in attack than in the last three, to, three or four games. And because of that, you're right, it, it, it's our own lack of quality and our, our own disjointed play. But half of that is down to how predictable this side is. It, it, you've said it yourself, if, if you stop, probably not Calvert-Lewin to the extent because he's been poor in recent weeks, but if you do stop Richarlison, then, then you stop Everton. And it's, it's unfortunately... The, the horrible situation of these games now is that you'd be far better off just packing that midfield with all your mediocre players and just trying to get something out of Andre Gomez, for example, who clearly can't play in midfield four to the same standard that he can in the five. And figuring out, at least with the players that we know are still going to be here next summer, which there's probably three of them, how how do we try and get the best out of those? And it, it, it's hard. It's there's so many different ways you can go about it. You can, you can look at your better players and say, let's play to their strengths. You can look at your young players and say, well, let's get them involved and let's see what they've got to offer. Or you can do what we did tonight and put people like Alex Awobi and Bernard in and say, do you know what, lads? You're on the cusp here. And we genuinely don't know where your career lies at Everton. Go and, sh- go and prove us something. And it seems at the moment that whatever path we take and whatever opportunity we afford to whoever the, the particular footballer is, it gets thrown back in your face. And it, it's going to make for a, a really moody summer for a few of these players, I think, because you like to think that for all of the things we bought into with Ancelotti and then as nice a guy as he is in the media and, and reportedly with his players, we need the ruthless streak. We need yeah. important calls to be made now. Yeah, 100%. Mate. Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. Um, just on the game itself, Everton had a little flurry at the start. Um, I, think, I think Sky was also bigging the performance up a little bit too much in those first 10 minutes. Thought we were okay. Nothing spectacular. Dom has the overhead kick. Um, and then Villa sort of settled into the game. Second half, Villa grow into the game and you know the, the creating chances to control the ball. Not testing Jordan Pickford that much, but they get the goal. And I think it's... I suppose the goal comes on 72 for them and Everton equalised, I think, on 86. It, you know, it took a while, Ben, for Everton to sort of get, you know, even react to that in some sense. And, you know, Aston Villa have a great chance, don't they, El, El Ghazi, to, to put them 2-0 up at the back post. Um, again, poor defender, goalkeeepers nowhere. And I imagine if, it, you know, you're a Villa fan, you, you're sort of looking back on that, I think, and that was, that was the key moment in the game. Because if Villa get the second goal there, Everton aren't coming back on that. No, exactly. And I've actually uh, spoken to a mate of mine who's a Villa fan uh, after the game and he, he seemed to think we were very lucky to get a result, as, just as we all know that we were. Uh, I actually thought first 15 minutes we looked like... I, I agree with you. I don't think we played that well that we deserved as much praise as maybe we were getting on the television. But I thought we went out there. We looked as though we had a point to prove. I thought we battled and we fought a little bit more to try and make a point. I don't think the quality was quite there. But we seemed to have the bit between our teeth first 15 minutes and then it dropped off. And I thought last 15 minutes, I, I, I think we were slow in creating that chance to get us back in the game. 
But, you know, I think we had like 75% possession after they scored the goal, which is going to happen. But, I mean, again, I'm not trying to, I'm not being too positive, but there were a few little green shoots in there for me towards sort of Andre Gomez's performance because he went missing for 60 minutes of that game after the first 15 and before the, and then before the last 15, he went missing and he was sluggish again. But he did show a bit of quality in the end and that was, that was good for me. Walcott, when he come on, do it. But I'm interested, I'm interested actually to see what you thought of Alex Ovi's performance. Because I actually thought today was one of his better games and I don't think it was the right decision to bring him off. I think Bernard really needs to book his ideas up. I think Bernard uh, is very, very close to drinking in the last chance of Does If someone comes in for him in the summer, considering we didn't pay a fee for him, I think I'd let him go and let Andy Gordon take that place on the left-hand side. But, but what did you think of a Wobsey? I actually thought he was good. I actually think we lost a little bit of something when he went off. I don't know. I don't know, but I, I wasn't... I wasn't that impressed with him, to be honest. Do you not think he was? Not think he was. He was okay today. That one little shimmy didn't he down the the right hand side, where he put a good cross in, and someone should maybe be on the end of it. But I just look no. at him and I just look at him and think you are you are here as a result of all the things that have gone wrong at this football club. You know, a panic buy, wasn't he? You're here. You're here. You're a panic buy. You're playing an assistant. Got not got a position which you in, which is your best position, and you're playing under the manager that didn't sign you. It's just. And I feel, I, feel, I feel a bit sorry for him, really, because he's clearly been brought here with no plan about I've, I've not got this. I've not got the same disdain for Alex Iwobi and the same dislike for him as I have with other players. I actually I want him to do well. I think yeah. that's why I'm being a bit too... Um, I'm praising him a little bit too much, but I just think a part of the job over the summer as well. I mean, I think we've, we've all alluded to the fact that we're probably not going to be able to spend as much money as we'd in a, in a million years like to. You know, we'd like to go out and spend 100 million, but it's just not going to happen. The players, there are some players at that club he likes to be guilty Sigurdsons who are finished. He's never going to get a tune out to them. He just needs to try and get rid of them if he can. But players like Awobi there, I'm not willing to write off just yet because I think that with the management, they should be trying to mould him and find his best position and maybe try and get something out of him next week. I don't think I'm willing to write him off yet because he's not playing in his right position. But that's I, just me. I suppose I suppose as well, Mosley, you know, we we see we all know that he's he's probably going to be playing best as a central attacking midfielder. I won't be that, that's just you know what he is, and there's nothing wrong when you put you know you're getting swamped in midfield to sort of say, well, you know, Richardson, you go and play on the right for a bit, where we'll be talking behind Carver Lewin, and we'll go yeah. four four one one for a little bit and change and change things like that, and, and you know, and I suppose that's that's where maybe a little bit disappointed in the manager because one of the, the things that people said about Angelotti before he came to Everton was that he is he is flexible in regards to his games and his systems and we've seen him go to we've seen him do that defensively to shut games down but from an attacking perspective there's not really been that yet has it that, that sort of that sort of change tactical tweaking games which has helped us get the, the better out of players going forward. We haven't even seen it from in terms of great variance in starting 11s uh, I think that the opportunity has obviously been there in, in the last couple of games as well uh, yeah, Alex Awobi absolutely offers you that sort of flexibility. I think as a squad player, you'd be comfortable with him picking up any one of those central or wide roles. Um, ultimately, his, his final ball, which gets referenced in every single commentary in every football game ever, is clearly not there. Um, he is Theo Walcott reincarnate, unfortunately, because that we've probably got more out of Phil Walcott in the last few years that I think that we'll ever get out of Awobi. Uh, and that's just playing on instinct. Um, I honestly don't see what managers see in him. Um, it, it looks with every passing week that the West Ham game that we will eternally reference when we're trying to make Alex Wobie look good is 
more of a one-off than than a habit. Um, and I think to summarise, if we went into the start of next season and we didn't have a better winger or we didn't have a better central attacking midfielder than Alex Awobi, I think we'd have failed in the transfer market. Uh, I don't I don't think that's that's harsh to say because in an ideal world uh, and in in an ideal Everton that we are looking to achieve over the next few years, he doesn't play a, a striking role in it for me. I'm not saying he's someone who, you're absolutely right, Ben, in terms of Gilfie Sigurdsson and, and countless others. Where yeah, I'm not willing to write him off is all I'm saying. I've seen players worse than him. Not, oh, you the, know, there's players like Sigurdsson who need out of the club. I'd be willing to see what he can do with them on a training pitch, but... Absolutely. There are, there are callers in the squad that we need to proactively look to sell. Um, he is not one of them. Um, th- th- there's <laughs> the nature of the effort that there is a long list of people we need to volley out of that Finch Farm door. And Alex would you have Bernard ahead of him in that? Uh, sorry, would you have Bernard in that list now as well of players we need to actively get rid of? Because for me, he's approaching that territory. Well, I, I just know, don't think he's cut I, out I, for the I, Premier League. I think Bernard and Alex Iwobi are relatively close together in the pecking order. But if you ask me who starts a game or who do you drop into one particular situation, ultimately, what are they there to do? Create attacking chances, moments, possibly goals occasionally. I think you get that from Bernard more than you do from Alex Iwobi. Right. Um, statistically, I don't, know, I don't know where that stands, but... I don't know. I, I can. At I think least they're both very poor statistically, to be honest. Yeah, but I, I can imagine a scenario for Bernard where I, I'd want to see him in the eleven. Um, today is probably a bad time to talk about this, but against poor teams at home, that that's where <laughs> I expect to see Bernard really step up to the plate. And we, we've seen it this season, early in the season, uh, the, the Watford game. That was that. It was Watford the first home game where. Yeah. Uh, Bernard, yeah. Actually, I could see the reasoning behind him being here, uh, and albeit his performances have really dropped off. I mean, this this is the problem with Everton at the moment, and that we we sit around and talk about who's the least bad of all of the all of yeah. the expensive players that we've got, and, and that that is where we're at. Um, but yeah, they are two players in particular who need games like tonight to matter. Uh, and I think they'll both walk away from Goodison Park tonight thinking, I have answered absolutely none of Carlo Ancelotti's questions. And the one probably positive for me in the, the whole thing tonight was that uh, Jared Brantway came into the team yeah. off the bench and looked at a show. Um, I'll, I'll come to you first on him. It would have been easy for him to to be really ragged after he you know, was brought into that Wolves game at the weekend. You know, He's coming in again here. I've not been told he's starting the game. He's on the bench, which I think is even is always hard for defenders in any situation to come into come into the team. Um, we look tidy. He's clearly got a goal left foot. He's comfortable on the ball. He's physical. There are a few moments he, he made the, the wrong decision, which you, you naturally expect. But um, so the, the ingredients seem to be there with him to, to be a you know a really dependable player in the future. Yeah, absolutely. I think that probably the best thing that could have happened to him tonight was Tyro Mings giving him a whack as soon as he got <laughs> on the pitch because I thought it. He probably didn't get that that immediate introduction before the free kick was taken at Molyneux, and before you know it, he's he's got his head in his hands, thinking where did where did my Premier League career go wrong? <laughs> um, but tonight, I think it, there was a there was a moment where he knew he was in the game, uh, and everything from that moment on, he seemed to take in his stride. And I think the word you probably use for him is composure. Uh, he, he looked as though Premier League. Sure was not alien to him. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd say his his placing in the squad at the moment is probably ideal. 
in the fact that there are admittedly three central defenders ahead of him in terms of in terms of quality and experience but see the the rotational central defensive policy that Everton have implemented in the last couple of weeks and and the fact that we we are still looking for that perfect partner to to Yeri um, excuse me to Mason Holgate <laughs> not to Yeri um, we're, we're looking for that man alongside Mason Holgate and as much as we don't expect Bramfweight to step up immediately in September and say I'm your man I think he's made important groundwork. I don't think in a regular season we would have seen him at all. Um, so the fact that he has been able to just introduce himself to to the speed of play has been a positive for him. But he he at least is someone who, I mean, we, we talk about the escalation of his career over the last twelve months. He was he was struggling to get on in Carlisle's starting eleven at the start of this season, and the fact that we're even thinking about him being part of this squad now is is remarkable for him, um, and a testament to to the, the the coaches who've worked with him over the last sort of seven or eight months. Because I think, albeit his own personal quality, is that the way that he's been managed by Everton sounds from the outset like very promising. Um, so hope to see more of him, but ideally, it's a, it's a, a full. Yerry Mina or Michael Keane that takes that slot alongside him, giving Brantwaite the opportunity to learn from there before we start thrusting him into into any more horrible defensive Everton situations. Yeah, I suppose Ben as well. What it, what this might also do, say he gets the the Sheffield United game and the Bournemouth game and, and does okay. Now in a summer where Everton aren't going to have tons of cash to splash around. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah, you know, spend a lot of money on midfield. It, they might look at it and go, well, it's not ideal, this, but we can, we can get by with this lad being our fourth centre-back. Absolutely, absolutely. I think uh, that was exactly the point I was going to make before you said that then. It's it's good because it, it, you could probably emerge in the squad as an option as that fourth three centre-back. We know we're not going to be in Europe next season. So, you know, four centre-backs is completely adequate, even if one of them is as inexperienced as Brantwaite is. I was very enthused by his performance. I actually thought he did OK against Wolves. I thought he got a bit, a bit harshly treated. Yeah. By saying it was all this Falcon, you know what I mean? It was his first thing in the game. But today I thought he was very assured, like Mark said, very competent. Uh, I didn't I didn't worry about him playing off the back, actually, which is not a feeling that yeah. I share with even Michael Keane and Yerry Mean at times. I, I panic when they're on the ball in their own penalty area. He looks as though he's got all the physical and mental aspects to his game to be successful. I, honestly, I just hope that we do give him, regardless of Mason Holgate's fit, because preferably... I'd like to see him play with Holgate and let Holgate go to the right-hand side of centre-half. But if he can get the next two games and he can play the full 90 minutes, he can come through, like you say, Matt, relatively unscathed, then it is an interesting show because what we have seen through lockdown, I think we've got to be honest, given you know, it's taken away a set-piece, we've two set-pieces, two set-piece goals we've conceded the last two games. We've looked quite solid defensively considering that we've rotated a lot. You know, we've not looked bad at the back. So, if there's going to be a situation where mid, I'd probably say since lockdown, the defence has been a bit of a pleasant surprise, but the midfield's been a damning disappointment. So, whereas we might have wanted one central midfielder and a central and a centre half, do we now, like you say, there with all the restrictions in place, think can we get by with the four options that we've got? And then, once we've got the four options that we've got at the back invest in other areas of pitch like maybe the replacement for Bernardo will be in a centre mid because if at the moment other than the striking department and give or take whether Leighton Bain stays on for another year it's looking like the most stocked part of the pitch for me at the moment with Brantwaite emerging It sounds really basic to go back to it but the fact that he is left foot is going to take him a long way at the club because 
the more and more you try and build off from the back and, and try and develop this style, which we clearly are, you, you require the balance at the back that you'd ordinarily ask for from your wingers or, or your strikers. Um, the ability when the ball comes across the 18-yard box to open yourself up and be able to find your full-back, your striker going long, your central midfielder. I think all too often now when we play that ball across the back, whoever's playing in that left-hand side centre-half position, usually Mason Holgate, takes that touch back into the danger zone onto the right foot and it all gets a little bit predictable from there because we totally block Luka Dean out of the game at that point. So purely by providing that, that sort of comfort with his left foot, I think it will, it will take him on more so at Everton than it, than it probably would at or other clubs who've actually got a bit of depth in that region. Yeah, fingers crossed he gets more minutes between now and the end of the season. Uh, we'll leave it there for now, lads. Um, not much more to say about that game. I don't think. Uh, Sheffield United on Monday, uh, Bournemouth after that. I feel like there might be two more tough games given the circumstances. Both of those teams find themselves in in the Premier League. Uh, but really appreciate Ben and Mark for joining us tonight on the Blue Room. Cheers for having us, man. Nice one. That's been an interesting reaction for the 1-1 draw with Aston Villa. Uh, we'll speak to you again very soon. Um, who are you? I'm you. From the future. What do you want? I want to tell you about Dave. Dave has your future money. Spend it on whatever you need. With extra cash from Dave, you can get up to 500 bucks instantly with no interest and no credit check. Download the Dave app from the App Store right now. That's D-A-V-E. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking provided by Evolve. Member FDIC. Sports Social Podcast Network. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.